make them shoot over. Um, at the end of the day, you may get a good shot. Uh, if you're not, it's, I don't know. It's just I've been I've been like that my whole life. I mean they. They tried to back me down. It's just I gotta make them shoot over me. Um, it's tough. My my teammates have my back. That's just um, they make some, they miss some. You know, I just thought there wasn't an area where we were playing, where we were playing better than the opponent. Um, and uh, you know, and that's why like late in the game, um, we played a bunch of different people. You know, I went with Phil even though he hadn't played at all because I felt like we had to have somebody that could really handle it because they were running and jumping and trapping and doing all those types of things. And he made a couple of nice plays um, there in that short little stint. But, um, you know, that's, they, they're, that's what they do well. In a crucial playoff chase game, the Celtics fall short. They lose 110 to 101 to the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to break it down and more womp, womp. with our Celtics blog brethren, Kevin O'Connor. This guy. Also of collective.com. <laughs> uh, here on the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm your host here. I'm joined by Jimmy Discano as usual. Yeah. And for the first time, we've been waiting forever to do this. Our boy from Celtics Blog, Kevin O'Connor. Welcome to the show, Thanks buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. All right. Now, Let's if do you, this. If you're watching this on Celtics Blog, you obviously have seen Kevin O'Connor's work before. We're painting by the minute, so let's speed this up. Okay, we'll do this really fast. So, <laughs> the only way he'll do it. Two minutes show here. So we're going to talk about first off the fourth quarter, and I guess a late third quarter, too. you got to include that when you're talking about this game. So the Celtics, they make a big run late in the third going into the fourth. Isaiah Thomas, Jonas Jerebko really keying those runs there. And then they switch to the 2-3 zone, and things got a little bit weird there. So they stopped the Milwaukee's just incessant dribble penetration. MCW, Giannis, guys you don't expect to make the shots. They start mm. making the shots. They go with this lineup that they're solid defensively. Jimmy, we'll start with you. But offensively, it was nice. an absolute disaster. And they, the Celtics lineup? I mean, they shot pretty yeah. well in the fourth quarter, but they couldn't really get shots off the start with for the most part. No, and I was staring at the lineup like, what's going on? I'm looking at the bench. I'm like, double. it's a double take. Bass is on the bench. Came in, yeah. yeah, Bass is on the bench. Bradley's on the bench. Turner's on the bench. Thomas is on the bench. They need to score here. They're down 10 or whatever it is. And I get what, I mean, I understand what Brad Stevens was thinking. He's trying to get something out of these guys. I mean, listen, those players were in there in the third quarter and they did absolutely nothing on offense. So I understand the, the switch and he went with Pressy. Look, he went with, he went with Sollinger in the third quarter because he was reaching for something so much. Um, and, you know, I, eventually he called the timeout with the midway through the fourth quarter and he got those guys back there on offense. Got the offensive system yeah. with Bradley, uh, Turner. Exactly, but yeah, to answer your question, it, it was a strange lineup there for, for a while. I felt like Brad was throwing darts, as he said yeah. a couple times this year. Put Gigi out there for about an eight-minute stretch. Mm-hmm. Put Sullinger out there for three minutes, and that did not go well. And def- defensively, they could not stop anything. Isaiah Thomas is getting posted up. Yeah, all game. And all it seemed like everything they ran ran through Isaiah Thomas, whether it was a pick-and-roll, post-ups. They just kept going at him. And it's not like you can take Isaiah Thomas out because he's so good offensively. He's right. your best scorer on the team. And he got his shots at the line. I mean, he was really crucial in the third quarter. He had quarter. his best game. Uh-huh. Did I just cut you off? No, no, no that's fine. <laughs> he had his best game since he's returned from his injury. I mean, he had 23 points, 7 of 12 shooting. I mean, he hasn't hit more than four field goals since he, in any of the, either, any of the five games uh, coming into this one. I think he was shooting 20, I want to say 25% yeah. roughly from the field uh, going into this game. So it was, and that was like the lone bright spot I could take out of this game was that he looked more like himself than he has in the last five games leading up to it. 
you know, the thing was at the, especially later in the fourth quarter, they go, they get the good scores back in there. Chris Middleton and MCW decided we're just going to really embarrass Isaiah Thomas as much as possible, Kevin. Yeah. You had, because you had MCW kind of earlier in the second half, he was backing Thomas all the way down. MCW couldn't really convert on those plays because he's MCW, but he at least was <laughs> exposing how easy it was to kind of take advantage of Isaiah Thomas. But you saw in the fourth quarter, Chris Middleton was huge late in the yeah. game. He got Isaiah Thomas a few times on him. Just drilled shots right over him as if he wasn't yeah. even there. Yeah, Chris Middleton hit two big shots, contested, hand in his face. I think one of them was on the baseline. And his chest, I would say, more yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas mentioned when, when he's getting back down by a larger player, make him shoot over me. But he did that. Middleton still hit the shot. Just one of those nights where they're just a step ahead and they're hitting contested shots. And it doesn't work out There's nothing them. you can do when a guy like MCW is hitting three-pointers yeah. if you're, you're – you're, Stevens wants them to take those shots. Especially he's MCW. Fi- yeah, he, he's fine with that <laughs> happening. So when they hit those shots, I mean, there's nothing really you can do about it. And I know where Isaiah Thomas is coming from, a fellow undersized guard <laughs> out there on the court. I know that you can't let them back you down all the way to the paint because they'll try to. So you gotta just, you got to force them to take the shot, and a lot of times... A lot of times it'll go in. You should have told him that before the game because <laughs> apparently he didn't know pointers, that. I need some pointers. I wish I knew. <laughs> I'm sure Isaiah would get most of his coaching from you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So right. uh, just before we wrap up part one here, uh, Jonas Cherebko's foul or non-foul call there. Uh, MCW took a swipe at him. I thought it was, his response was pretty hilarious there. <laughs> it sounds like can't. you were a little upset about that. I literally can't. You, you go. You go. <laughs> yeah, I'll just describe Jimmy in the locker room. <laughs> went up to Jonas afterwards and says, I'll say it for you. That was the worst call I have ever seen. <laughs> it was the worst non-call oh, I've ever seen. Call. How do you miss that call? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's by the book a hack on an arm. It, like, it literally you, hit him in the head from the replay I saw, I'm pretty, too. I think he just nailed him right in the uh, I'm pretty sure he's right on like, I, I the, think it was right the exact yeah. look up the rule, and it, it'll be the video of that play, except there's no, not a foul call. I don't understand it. The referee was following the play. He had a perfect view of the shot. I don't know why. I'm baffled. I think elbow's part of the ball on that play. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a foul in the NFL. That's a foul. I mean, <laughs> I, I was, they should have called a 15-yard penalty. It was passing yeah. They could take the yeah. shot from the half court. It was, it was bizarre. And honestly, all jokes aside, that was kind of a turning point yeah. because that would have put Drebko at the line with a chance to get it to five points. Instead, it was an out-of-bounds call that Celtics didn't score on the play. Uh, the Bucks scored on the way back, and that was it. They didn't. The Celtics never got a close after that. So we can joke about it all we want, but that actually was a serious point in the game, and the refs screwed it up. And I think, and I know that people are going to say, what the hell are you talking about? The game's already slow enough. But in that situation where it's a blatant mess-up of a call, Reveal. there should be some sort of review process, and there isn't. So that's that's just bad. Especially if it's the playoffs. Imagine that call Can you imagine that? That's... that's cons- Conspiracy theorists for the rest of your life are going to be talking about that if that's a playoff game. No, just that one itself I think they'll be talking about forever. Yes, the one I will time be. I know MCW I will be. Foul Jones <laughs> I'm never going to forget it. We are, we're all witness history tonight. The worst right. non-call in the history of basketball. You should save this garden report in your uh, treasured folder with all your photos of your kids and all that stuff because this is a very important turning point in all of our lives. So we're going to come back for part two here. Before we go, 
download the Reach app. You can go to the link in our description here, CLNS Radio's edition of, or I guess our, our section in the Reach app here. You can take the latest poll. Obviously, it's Jared Solinger related because that's all we talk about, except for in the first part of the show. So when we come back for part two, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. The Garden Report is brought to you by Audible.com. We're also sponsored by Lynda.com. Also sponsored by Peak Organic Brewing and of course a lot of sponsors. The poll yeah, we have a lot of sponsors. A lot of people want in on this. Three show, minutes dude. worth. Yeah. We're gonna make that money. <laughs> so we'll be back for part two on the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Um, it's amazing, uh, you know, just his name being part of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm truly blessed, and um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful um, for my teammates and the coaches, everybody. Um, you know. It's an honor for me to win that award, and I'm just very thankful, honestly. I feel like you got fun. I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but I saw you go and talk to the ref after the game. What did you say to him? I'm sure. You know, we all, we all make mistakes, so it's not a big deal. Not really. It's got no comment. Uh, I just thought, you know, you can go out there. You, it's like, who am I playing with? Oh, well, it's it's kind of awkward, you know? And. Uh, no, just I'm just half a second late. Everything else is uh, okay. Yeah, everything else is okay. Wind. Great, actually. I was surprised about that, but I was good. Cool. Um, no, I mean I, I think you know I felt like one of the things that we were clearly struggling with at that point in time was scoring, and scoring at the rim. I felt like we missed a bunch of layups today. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but they they interfere you at the rim because of their length. I mean they are. They're flying, and if they're not, if and even if they're not there, you think they're there, and so for whatever reason, we missed a bunch of layups. And I just felt like you know we'll have some chances if we get the ball up on the glass to get some offensive rebounds. We'll have some chances at the rim if he plays long enough, and he didn't. Um, I felt like maybe he could give us a boost. We're back for part two now. Let's talk about Jared Solinger, <laughs> who made his return to the game. Uh, so Jared Solinger had been out since February 11th, comes back on April 3rd. And yes. according to my watch, and uh, didn't fake, by the way. look like <laughs> it's a fake, fake Seiko watch. Uh, no, it's yeah. not real. Get from my grandma from a bar mitzvah a long oh, time well. ago. Uh, R.I.P. grandma. And so I guess you don't have your stat anymore. No, that's okay. So uh, Kyle, hold on, hold on. We're gonna, we're gonna edit this out of the show, but watch not really. No, we're not. We're not gonna edit this. This is all live. You can see all of Kevin's uh, pointers, actually. He's a little butterfinger out here. It's his first show. He's a little nervous. He's shaking over there. <laughs> it's all right, buddy. You're going to get through this. Huh? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Jared Solinger now. Makes his return to the team. Looks like maybe he could have waited until April 11th based on the way he looked tonight. I mean, Kevin. Oh, I, come on. I know, I know you had no thoughts on this whatsoever, so I'm going to go to you first on this. Jared Solinger, Sorry, did he return too soon? I don't think he returned too soon. Uh, I know for the game, they mentioned possibly sending him to the D-League. I think he said that. And playing three minutes in the NBA is probably better than playing a couple quarters in the D-League. Is there a D-League game tonight? I think there is. Oh, there is? Yeah. I think oh. Every night the rest of the year, I'm pretty sure. Celtics and Maine play the same night. But, you know, playing three minutes for Boston, probably a little bit better than playing for Maine because he would dominate there. And tonight was just about getting cobwebs off. And know? his wind looked fine. I mean, the guy yeah. was getting up and door, down the floor yeah. okay. He said he was getting up and down yeah. the floor okay. I mean, it was only for four minutes, Jimmy, so we didn't really get to see how he would last mm. 20 minutes into the game. <laughs> right. I mean, to answer your question, did he come back too soon? No, because the doctor said he's ready to come back. So mm. he came back right when the doctor said. Um, I don't think Danny Ainge is, like, pushing to get Selinger back in the court for a, for, the, for a playoff push. I think maybe he's extremely happy that he's back in the court for off-season purposes yeah. to say, hey, 
He's healthy. He played the last 10 games of the regular season, and if they made the playoffs, and he played in the playoffs. There's no injury concerns here, so maybe that's one benefit for him coming back when he did, but I don't think there's, I don't think they rushed him back. Um, and to answer your question about how he played tonight, I mean, we really don't know. To be determined, um, it was limited minutes. Obviously, he wasn't that effective because Stevens pulled him pretty quickly there in the third quarter. I think he was like you said in the first video, he was throwing darts a little bit yeah. there in the second half, and you know why not give it a shot and see what see what goes on. But and Stevens did say too soon to judge. Only played four minutes mm -hmm. first game back, so uh, you can weigh in on that. Go download Reached on uh, the iTunes Store, uh, Google Play. Uh, if you're on Linux, have a phone that runs Linux for some reason, whatever their app store is, uh, and use the link below in the description. So. Kevin, we have you on. You're a really great X's and O's guy. It's why you're one of my favorite writers out there. Yep. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the Celtics spread offense because we saw them running the spread offense a lot tonight, and it seemed like they had a lot of guys that could catch the ball and try to shoot it, and there's a guy in their face that would just dribble to the middle, pass off to the next guy, and they're basically running a weave the entire time until someone has to take a shot at the end of the shot clock. So that's kind of the low point of when the, reach, uh, when the spread offense works. But it's been great other times. I wanted to get your take on it, especially going into the playoffs. Well, the goal is to get open shots yeah. with that. And I really like the offense because I think, especially for a team like this, they don't have a, a guy maybe besides Isaiah Thomas that you want to feed the ball to. So with the spread offense, it's really about just going on both ends of the floor, finding the open guy. And like you said, if the open shot's not there, when they, when they drive, they can just drive the close out, go to the basket, either lay it up, put up a runner, kick it out to the perimeter, it's, it's really good for creating offense and getting open looks. Because what I like is this year, more than ever, they've been able to get two corner shooters out there at all times, and that really keeps both sides of the floor open. But they have had trouble finding that extra corner guy and getting him kind of open in time. We saw tonight a lot of kind of lobbed passes, not a lot of crisp, sharp mm -hmm. passing to the corners. That's something they were doing, Jimmy, a little bit earlier this year, or maybe kind of like when Isaiah Thomas got here and yeah. they were making that great run. But maybe they've been playing better defenses lately or teams are starting to kind of They've got enough film, enough scouting on them that they kind of know how the offense is going to be run. But it seems like they're just not moving quite as crisp as crisply as they did before. I mean, that could be it. I mean, I think any time you, any offense or any defense that you run, teams are going to catch on to it. It's yeah. like a rookie, say a rookie pitcher, a rookie hitter. You know, the, the more mm -hmm. film there is on this guy, the more game planning there is, there's going to be ways to stop it. Uh, but I do agree with Kevin. I, I like their spread offense, and I think that it causes a lot of problems for teams. And we saw it against the Pacers. Yeah. I mean, Frank Vogel even said it, like, they're one of those teams that they'll go five three-point shooters on you. They'll spread the floor. They'll zip the ball around there, and they'll find an open shot. And, I mean, yeah, it didn't work out for them. They, you know, they lost the game tonight, obviously, but on Monday it worked, and, and, it, and it's been working for them in the past. And like you said, there's no, like, hero ball player. Isaiah Thomas is as close as it gets, or Evan Turner to an extent, but there's not a guy that you really want to go ISO with down the court every single play. So this is what works works for them right now. And another factor is a couple weeks ago, Danny Ainge said Brad doesn't even have the right guys for his system. The personnel's not perfect. I mean, look at Tyler mm -hmm. Zeller and Brandon Bass. Neither of them are three-point shooters. They're trying to turn Bass into yeah. a corner three-shooter. <laughs> but Brad, a little bit, very yeah, rarely. A little yeah. bit, yeah. He had a drive, drive in the closeout tonight. But, you know, once Brad gets his guys, offense could be lethal. And, I mean, you got to have guys like Tyler Zeller mm -hmm. and Brandon Bass on your team. But mm -hmm. not everyone on your mm -hmm. entire roster can, can shoot three-point shooters. Yeah. Yes, they unless can. You're, Come <laughs> on. <laughs> unless you're Houston, I guess. Yeah. Probably one yeah. of them, yeah. And, I mean, this team seems very similar to Houston in a lot of ways. They're just waiting for Marcus Smart to turn into James Harden, which yeah. is probably a decade away from <laughs> happening. But it's, hey, you never but, know. But I know you're really high on Marcus Smart. Yeah. I've been kind of middle of the road on him. 
they, I mean, this potential to grow is huge. You, I feel like you see more potential than, than I do. Well, I thought he'd be an offensive zero this season, yeah. but he's actually hitting threes, and that's you know an amazing development for him because that was probably his biggest weakness at Oklahoma State. But he's he's finally starting to learn how to play at different speeds because at Oklahoma State he would just barrel through defenders, but now he's doing a good job of just calculating his moves and getting to the rim. He had a nice move tonight. I think he laid it up with the left hand. And, you know, he's not great there. Up, <laughs> yeah, had that too. But he's he's getting better. And uh, he's not drawing fouls yet. I mean, he's not hardened, maybe someday. But, uh, yeah, I think his defense is elite. If he can provide good quality offense, you're going to have a really good player. Because I was a little surprised that I thought he was going to bring a little bit more dribble penetration mm -hmm. capability. Yeah. And I understand that he was a barrel guy. He can't do that in the NBA, mm -hmm. really. You're going to get stripped, going to commit offensive fouls, stuff like that. But we really haven't seen any willingness for him to kind of cross guys up, try to weave through traffic to get in there. I thought that would some, that's something we would see as the season went on. It kind of has shown a few peaks here or there. Mm -hmm. He's shown a little bit of an ability to drive and kick, maybe a little bit of interior pocket passing. But we're just it's been so few examples that I've been a little bit disappointed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, like you said, he's, he was someone in Oklahoma City barreled through defenders. And I think a lot of the moves that he had there, you know, shifty moves, he's not really not that quick. No. And he's the type of guy that's going to need to learn how to change speeds. And it's kind of like a Ty Lawson, except in terms of changing speeds. He's not as fast as Lawson, but... He's as fast as it gets. Of yeah. course. But in terms of Lawson doesn't always play at full speed. He's a guy who knows how to change speeds and get a guy on his back and smarts large and he's gonna have to be able to do that in order to dri get dribble penetration all right i want to get you in the conversation unless you don't want to be in the conversation go ahead if you <laughs> no, I, I agree with what he was saying. i was i was gonna further that till the upcoming draft class oh so sure. i didn't want to change the subject on you okay well no, bring it bring it in let's do it no just well kevin's a huge draft guy i mean he, yeah. he 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 broke down every single draft prospect in last year's draft class so i mean i don't want to put you in the spot but is there a player in last year's class that has been exceeded your expectations and one that has sort of hasn't met expectations? Besides I mean, Langston Galloway, because that's too easy. It's Langston Galloway. <laughs> no, he exceeded everybody's expectations. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of the Celtics, I think Smart's exceeded my expectations okay. for the offense. But guys that have not met my expectations, uh, going back... I maybe not. Maybe not. What about exceeded? Like, what about Miritich in in Chicago? Well, I know he wasn't drafted, drafted, but, but well, he's I mean, a rookie. Yeah, he's someone I guess has exceeded everybody's right. expectations right. this year. I mean, he's arguably the rookie of the year in what was a very strong draft class. You think you could steal it from Wiggins? I think he could. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it depends, down the stretch. I mean, the Wiggins has been scoring like twenty plus points mm -hmm. down the stretch, but Miritich has so become kind of the leader oh, yeah. of a good playoff yeah. team. Yeah. He's incredible. arguably the go-to guy on Chicago. Yeah. What about this upcoming draft? Have you have you been looking at, at any potential Celtics? Willie Cauley Stein. Look at yeah, oh, Cauley, yeah. Okay. I mean, for will he fall though? Yeah, Willie Cauley Stein, he, unbelievable rim protector. I wrote an article today on SB Nation about him, and he ranks in the elite of the elite in terms of combined measurements because the Kentucky Combine last year is a lane agility time, and his uh, max vertical mm -hmm. reach are elite for all big men in the history of draft, draft Express's uh, measurements. I saw that last yes, game. It's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. His ability to defend virtually every position may not be able to in the NBA, but he's the type of guy where you, a coach can at least feel comfortable defending him. And for the Celtics, he talks about how he wants to have versatile defenders all the time. 
Yeah, we see it with Jay Crowder. We see it with him switching with Bass. Mm -hmm. If Cauley Stein was with Boston, you know, Brad would feel comfortable switching him onto a wing or some guards. It, he may, it may, not as be, may not be as effective as it is in college, but he, he's capable of doing it, and I just think he's unbelievable. Why is Chris Webber not a fan? Did you hear what he said? Yeah, about? I did. Because he, he, he can't shoot the ball he, yeah, well enough. So is yeah. he an offensive liability? Um, well, would you say DeAndre Jordan's offensive liability? He's no. the fifth option on right. the floor. Tyson Chandler. He's a pick-and-roll option. He's a pick-and-roll threat. He can dunk over anybody. Mm. So if he's, your, if he's an elite defender and he's your fifth option offensively, I don't think he's a liability, but if Willie Collie signs your go-to guy, of course he's a liability. But he will he be. fall to 15 if the Celtics are drafting no. right around 15? So, so Ainge <laughs> no has way. to exactly. So Ainge have so to trade up. We, would you be on, in favor of that, depending on I guess oh, what, what the price definitely is? Definitely. If, but if you're giving up another good first-round pick, I mean, I'd be willing to trade Sullinger 15 and like another maybe that Philly second really? to trade up to like six to get him. Really? Yeah. I think it'll that surprise by it. They have they have enough assets where they can give a little bit more. They, I mean, they can trade up for whatever the heck they yeah. pick they want. It's, it's really about how you want to spend your money and how you want to spend your draft picks. If you want to spend money on a center, you wouldn't trade up for Willie Collins-Stein. But if you don't want to spend money on your center, mm -hmm. you'd would you rather pay the max of DeAndre Jordan or trade up a key player to get? I'd Willie I think I'd rather trade up for Willie Collins-Stein and really pay for uh, other assets. Maybe a guy like Chris Middleton face him tonight. An interesting approach. Oh, just really quickly, the Spanish, uh, the guys coming out of Spain right now, you have uh, Proskingas. Porzingis. Porzingis. He's out of Latvia. He's on as well. Porzingis was going to, he dropped out of the draft last year, like yeah. last yeah. minute. He was one of my favorites last year. Yeah. And I'm at number 10 on my board until he dropped out. He's, he's one of those like long, <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys that can stretch the floor. Yeah. I mean, and I think if Collie Stein's not your guy, Porzingis. He can't protect the rim quite yet like Willie mm -hmm. Collie sign yet can, and he's n definitely Never not as versatile. Will. Never going to be like that. But he brings more offensively. He can shoot. He can stretch the floor. He's. I, mean, I don't want to say he's like a Linux. That's a lazy comparison. Mm -hmm. But and for Maybe South Spanish. Not, not as not, powerful. Yeah, not, not quite, but he's the type of guy where you can shoot threes and drive closeouts. Yeah. And mm -hmm. obviously the Celtics have a bunch of guys on the squad that can do that. So he's, he'd be a fit. All right, so let's go to a boxing ball here. Uh, I want to hear your stat tonight. Um, it's a pretty good stat. According to, according to the rumor mill, it's yeah. a pretty good stat. <laughs> well, in the three minutes and 12 seconds Jared Sollinger played, he was had a minus seven. But the advanced stats, the Celtics had a minus 120 net rating, which means Ooh. in points per 100 possessions, they had 33 a 33 offensive rating, and a 153 defensive rating. So they were 120 points worse per 100 possessions in the three minutes Sullinger was on the floor. It's a small sample size, but when Brad went to him, I was kind of surprised. I think they were down eight at the time they went to him. I was scratching my head thinking, I don't know, the guy's just coming back. It didn't work out. And of like on the four minutes that he played, it seemed like half the plays ended with him either losing the ball, <laughs> turning over, missing a shot, or committing mm -hmm. foul. I mean, it was it was kind of like someone trying to lumber lumber mm -hmm. through like the game. Yeah. They, were, they were clearly a step behind mm -hmm. your stat. Of My stat is far less scientific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just turn, someone scored points. Just turn, uh, 12 points for, no, 17 turnovers for the Celtics. Not scientific at all, mm -hmm. but it killed them, especially in the fourth quarter there when they were making a run. I think they turned, they turned the ball over three straight times in a very key part of the game and killed a lot of momentum. 17 turnovers and 19 points off those turnovers, so. I think that's just as impressive of a stat. Yeah, it's very, very impressive, Jimmy. Yeah. That was Thank good. Thank you. <laughs> so for me, my stat is seven, 
players in double figures for Milwaukee. They played nine guys in this game tonight. Seven of them scored in double figures. And then the other guys were MCW, who had eight points, and Jared Bayless, who had six points. So they almost had every single player in double figures, which is pretty remarkable to me. Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Commenters, leave us a comment on Celtics blog on uh, the YouTube page if you can find that ever happening in NBA history, because I'm sure it's had it has at some point, but I've never seen it. I'm sure it has. Yeah. So for me, times. run through my ballers like really quickly. Chris Middleton, because I'm a big fan of him, and I just, I'm just i hoping he's watching the show, and he will want to sign with the Boston <laughs> he's not. Celtics. He's probably not. But, you know, <laughs> you know what? Tweet it to him. Tweet it to him. Yeah. I'll tweet it to him. By the numbers, wasn't even that impressive, but I thought his defense was crucial throughout most of the game. His health defense was really good, especially on sh trapping those point guards up on the perimeter. And then he hit those big shots at the end of the game. He was the one that really put this game away for the Jimmy. My player of the game is Avery Bradley. Um, not so much for what he did on, on the court tonight, though he did score the team's first nine points of the game, kind of set the tone right early on. Yeah. But he won or he was the recipient of the Red Auerbach Award given every year to the player on the team that epitomizes what it means to be a Celtic on and off the court. And, I mean, as, far, as long as I've been covering the team, he's one of my favorite guys to talk to. He's a super nice guy, a great, great person, and a good player for them. So that's why I won, and hats off. For me, I have Jonas Jarebko. thought he played okay. his ass off tonight. 17 points and 7 of 10 shooting. Five rebounds. Should have had two more points. Should have had two more points. You're never going to let that go. <laughs> or at least one of two. At, at least one, one of two. two. Should have had two more I, free throw attempts. I don't think he would have bricked both. What was free throw attempts tonight? He two, was for two. One two for two. Two for two. Should have been four, have four, four for four. four man. But Rafko played his ass off. Played good defense. He, he always plays hard. Yeah. And gave good energy tonight for the Celtics. Will he be back next year? Well, you would hope so. I mean, Brad said he was uh, talking to the front office for Gigi. So you would think he might have nice things to say about Jonas, too. Pretty good. good right. off well, the bench. That's going to do it for us here on the Garden Report. Kevin, I'd say that you commentated your ass off on the show. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Absolute good job. pleasure to have you on the show. <laughs> so, everybody, show Kevin some love. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin O'Connor MBA. NBA, yep. Beautiful. Jimmy Toscano. Jimmy underscore Toscano. I apologize. <laughs> at CLNS underscore Jared Weiss. Jimmy Toscano was taken. I don't want to talk about it. <sighs> Screw that guy. Yeah. Jared Weiss was taken. There's some like yeah. saxophonist in Jared Kevin O'Connor was taken. Some guy from San Francisco, California. Yeah. That's some jazz uh, oh, former executive. Uh, I've tried to contact <laughs> yeah. him. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. I want to thank our sponsors. Audible, our new sponsor. We're so excited to have them on board. One of the best sponsor, uh, sponsors of online audio video content in the game. So thanks for bringing us on board there. Uh, Lynda.com, great place to learn about how to use a camera that we're filming this show on, the uh, Canon 7D. Uh, of course, reached. go to Reach. Use the link in our description here. Go there. You can take the poll on Jared Solinger. And, of course, Speak Organic Brewing, the delicious beer that gets us hammered before we film these shows. <laughs> so right. for Kevin, Woo! for Jimmy or James Toscano, as you go by on Twitter now. Whatever you want me to be. I'm Jared Weiss. We'll see you after next Sunday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we only have two Garden Reports left in the regular season. Hopefully we'll have more. I think that might be – I don't think I can make the last game. This, that might be my next game against the Cavs coming up. Okay, we'll just have Kevin on again. Yeah, <laughs> I have been replaced. So for Kevin, Jimmy, I'm Jared. Peace out, Garden Report.